At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And tonight, I prove to your beloved Daniel Bryan that there are things far worse than forced retirement. In fact, Brian, if your eco-friendly, tree-hugging sensibilities will allow it, I want you to jump on a cell phone. I want you to call your wife, Bree, and I want you to have her tell your sweet, sweet daughter a story. I want her to tell your daughter that daddy will be home for money in the bank, but he won't be the same man. As if they don't have too much on their plates, the Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Wade. Talk about the things they did that day. They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H. Rwanda Smackdown. 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 Hey everybody, John Pollock and Wei Ting here with you. It is Rewind a Smackdown. Mm-hmm. How are you doing, Wei? Doing good. Doing all right. Yeah. It's great to see you. Oh, uh, as opposed to. Hearing me on Skype. Yes. Yes. All right. Cool. Yeah, nice to see you as well. How was your Tuesday? Three days in a row. Have we seen each other three days in a row? Yes, I have. Saw you Sunday, saw you yesterday, saw you today. We should just hang out every day. Uh, You should just move in. I've made that joke before, (laughs) yes. My day day was uh, good. I uh, met up with a friend for lunch. I had some fish and chips. Oh. Fish and chips are a nice departure. I have fish and chips maybe once every five years. Really? Yeah. Wow, what do you... And whenever I have it, it's generally good. I had it in England once, and I had, like, a tremendous... Uh, was it was it really good in England? Like, was it actually better than the other fish and chips that you have? It was batter. Uh, oh, sorry. I made that pun, like, only two weeks ago in a whole <laughs> different context, but you really led me into that one. Did you? I used a batter joke. Uh, I can't remember <laughs> what it was. We should keep track. Um, and then I had some ice cream today. Nice. Because it was really hot. Dude, it is so hot in the city. Oh, my goodness. It is so damn hot out. Yeah. We're lucky we're in the basement here of the post office because uh, if it was any level above this, it's like our AC is not working right now. So, um, ugh, it's just disgusting. We had in our in our building, the they had not, because we have like the heating for the whole building. And then they'll switch it from heating from one part of the year to air conditioning. And then there's always like a two-week gap where it's it desperately needs to be turned to the air conditioning. But they, mm. they have to wait for a certain protocol. Yeah. And then they flipped it like last weekend. And it's the, really? it's so hot, dude. Yeah, I know. I know. Let's Why? continue to talk about how hot it is. I want <laughs> I want to push this to so I get some blowback from people complaining. Well, who would complain? Uh, if we complain... It's somehow an indictment that, what do you have to complain about? <laughs> There's people out there that don't even have homes. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's all relative, right? I mean, so people, like, in California think it's, you know, really cold when, like, they, when it's like a, a gentle breeze in Toronto. So it's all relative. We're, we're, 
I think Torontonians are used to uh, getting a pretty hot months or, or even, uh, sorry, days, but not this early in the year. It was just such a drastic change. What else went on today? I, I am so excited, dude. Why? Like one of the greatest uh, news items came my way on Tuesday. Let's hear it. Saturday, September the 8th. I don't care if Conor McGregor ends up fighting that Saturday. I don't care. I will not be available that day. You will have to handle anything that happens Saturday, September 8th. What day is that? Saturday, September 8th. I know. What what day of the week is it? Saturday. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> 2018. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes. If, if all in had been that Saturday, yeah. I would not... In, Way and I talked about this idea of if ever we're at like a total deadlock on something, like we could have three like insists every year. Like I insist that I do this so that that breaks the tie. Okay. So I wouldn't use that. If you... I didn't know we had this conversation. Well, we did have this conversation. We just didn't fully agree to it. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I would I would not say I'm not going to all in, but it would not be my preferred choice. Okay. So what is happening? I need to know. Saturday in Toronto. Aqua is coming. Oh my goodness! To Toronto, dude. Oh, Jesus, I am going to count down till the. I am so excited for this, dude. I. What the fuck? <laughs> I am going to this. There are eight of us that are all down. We are going. There is. You're not the only Aqua fan, like amongst your circle, dude. This is. It's happening at Echo Beach. They're gonna do. Uh, it's Aqua headlining. <laughs> do you want to guess who's? part of the the opening yes i would love to guess prozac no oh. there's going to be a of much course. music video dance party advertised as a much music. it's called the much uh dance party or something like that yeah much wow. is in the branding of it like di- di- distinctly designed to capture this is like 30 somethings dude i wouldn't imagine i w- i'm hoping there's a giant flower in like an icq like yeah flower on the stage yeah I'm so pumped for this concert. I never thought in my life I would get to see Aqua live. There was a time in 2005 that they were doing a European tour that I really contemplated. You've never seen them live? I've never seen them live. Wow. I never thought I would in my lifetime. <laughs> I am. I might dress up for this. I might, What? Dude, I might go as Renee. I'm going to try and what? get in shape this summer just for Aqua. Can you name all the... Uh, of course you can name all the Aqua members, but just as proof... Please let's hear. Uh, there's Renee, and then there was uh, Le- Renee, the bald guy. Renee was the big bald guy. Klaus was the the redheaded dude, and then there was uh, uh, what was her name? L- Len. Okay. Yeah. And I honestly I can't remember the fourth guy's name to be oh, honest. You're not that big of a <laughs> no, fan. No, there you go. Come on. What a poser. I'll, I'll know it as soon as I see it too, and it'll drive me no, crazy. It's fine. It's do you remember what his name is? I don't. Don't. I, I can't say it. Do it was Klaus. Oh, it was Soren. Of course, it was Soren. Oh, course, dude, I am like I. I might buy if there's like an Aqua Vision shirt or something. I will buy one for you. <laughs> No, thanks. No, you could save that money. I got this news today. First of all, some listener sent me this just unsolicited. How did they even know that you're... I guess you've talked about it. I guess I've talked about it, but uh, where did I... One of my other friends uh, sent it to me, my buddy Eric, and I was just... Dude, I was on like cloud nine all afternoon. I took took Max out for a walk in the stroller, and I listened to my entire like Aqua playlist on Spotify. I knew you liked Aqua. I didn't know that... You like them this much. I'm just so excited to watch 
to see them live. Oh my goodness! Like, the, dude, I'm gonna be 14 years old at this now, how concert. Do, how do they even look? Do they look like Aqua anymore? I have no idea. Wow. I have no idea, dude. Okay. Well, don't worry. I will book that date off. I'm gonna write it in my calendar right now, September the 8th. Make sure that I leave that date open because John might need some covering that day. Aqua. I wrote, I'm writing it down. Well, I'm very happy for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hope you have a great time. I, th- there's no way. It's already the most anticipation I've ever had for a concert, dude. I'm not a big concert goer, yeah. and I think it was all for this. I've I've concentrated all my concert-going anticipation for this one show. Did you uh, buy a ticket already? It's not on sale till Friday. I am in charge of being there to get the eight tickets. You have eight friends that are still into aqua are they as big of a fan like fans as you i think there's yeah that when i threw this out they were they were pretty much all down jesus like within you know 20 minutes of me sending out a facebook message it's like i am going to this who wants tickets (laughs) (laughs) i'm going to this i would this is one concert dude if no one went with me I would use one of my insists to make you come with me. Wow. And I'd, uh, I'd allow you to use Lens I'd for made, the whole time. I made you come to a Mr. Wazo show with me once. That's though. right. We went to Mr. Wazo in kinda, Montreal. I do, I do owe you You one, definitely but. owe me. That was my other. The other group I've always wanted to see live was Brand Van. And they were playing in Montreal during a UFC weekend. And they were playing on the Saturday night of the card. Damn. And that would be another group. They're not as uh, rare to play live. I mean, I could... I didn't even know they were still around. I'm they play surprised. Montreal a lot. They come to Toronto every now and then. Wow. Um, yeah, they're a group I would love to see. But I am so excited for this concert. Hey, if there are people out there, if there are people in, in where are they from? Denmark. Yeah, if there are people from Denmark that uh, want to engage in more uh, aqua discussion with John. I mean, I've never seen him so passionate about anything. So I didn't engage. even think I would have. Like, it was just such an out of left field. Yeah like announcement that i got today and i just suddenly was like i'm thinking man what is the big song they're gonna play at the end like barbie girl is what you would assume that place is gonna go fucking crazy (laughs) when barbie girl plays but dude like cartoon heroes lollipop my oh my turn back time around the world please go on i cannot wait dude i cannot wait um dude you know how much i detest karaoke only time I've done karaoke in my life was an Aqua song. Which one was that? I did Barbie Girl once. <laughs> of course. In in university. Oh man, wow. Uh, I feel like this is a bit of a revelation. And uh, thank you for being so honest. Uh, I, I, do proud. Not, I don't care, dude. Yeah. I do not care. Get your get your gavel out and judge me. Damien, Go Damien, the fuck ahead. Damien Abraham I, dude, he's probably never going to talk to me again. He, he will probably text will. you immediately once You know what? I'm going to call him when I'm at this concert. <laughs> I'm going to put on speaker. <laughs> It's like, oh my goodness! I'm gonna be like, dude, how many did you guys draw last time? Because that place is gonna be full, Damn. dude. Full. Damn. Damn. Those are tough words. Uh, did you follow? I'm just uh, the can of worms right here. Yeah. Did you uh, hear about Roseanne being canceled? Oh, oh yes, shit. I did. I, I heard about it on the new. Uh, I was. Uh, at this the, was the uh, enormous story. Today. Well, I was at the fish and chips place, and they they had the TV uh, on. So I bet I, this I, was on a, every station. I, I didn't know exactly what the story was. I just saw the headline: ABC cancels Roseanne, and I'm like, oh, I thought that show had some good buzz. Maybe it's, maybe it didn't have have any good ratings. Oh, the, the highest. So it wasn't until I went on Twitter when I realized what what the story actually was. Yeah, so I mean, for those of that are not following, because I, 
I enjoyed Roseanne like the series when I was was growing up, and when they announced they were bringing it back, I was a, I was super interested. I watched the whole season. It was only nine episodes, mm-hmm. but I like I like the show. I thought that you know they're trying like Roseanne in the the series is this Trump supporter that they showcase kind of her ignorance. Like they're talking about you know these you know a suburban white family that especially Roseanne is extremely sheltered. And they tackle a lot of these issues where it was, to me, never um, like the offensive portions were reserved for Roseanne and it was kind of showcasing an ignorance. It was like an Archie Bunker type of thing. Somewhat, maybe yeah. Maybe a more updated version. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good comparison to it. And the numbers were phenomenal. I think it was like the most watched sitcom. Now, meanwhile, Roseanne Barr, the actress. So, yeah. You know her? And yeah, she, is, she legitimately is a Trump supporter. And like, I don't know how... Uh, like apparently, like she has said a lot of things uh, that I, I I don't know off the top of my head, but this what she tweeted a, a controversial Twitter to some yeah, yeah sure. I mean yes, and then what she tweeted about uh, Valerie Jarrett, who is one of Barack Obama's aides, and she is she is mixed race, she is uh, she is half black, and also has a family that is I believe from Iran, and she tweeted uh, a horrendous tweet. Well, I mean, you want me to pull it up? Uh, if you, I'm sure you can okay. find it if you want. I mean, uh, yeah, people can find it. They'll, they'll find. I'm it. sure everyone is aware yeah. of the tweet. I don't want to just paraphrase. Sure. It was disgusting, and yeah, ABC. I mean, it goes to show you the like if ABC felt like this is a this is a fight that we will we will go after that to preserve a show. I mean, this would be the show you would Jeez. put your neck out for, but I mean, was this the only thing ABC could do? Like this was a horrendous, horrendous thing to tweet. And yeah. I, I just feel awful for all the people on the show that have lost jobs. Now mm-hmm. it's not Roseanne. It's the entire production of the, the series that these people are out of work. The reaction was immediate. Like she tweeted this when last night or today. Let me see here. Roseanne Barr. We're doing a terrible job. But you're right. It was very swift by ABC. Immediately. And such a major decision. And that tells you what the response would have been to Mm. from... Like, as much as there was an outrage amongst uh, viewers and people, I'm sure there was... Like, this woman is toxic um, at the moment. I mean, I I feel like we should just even talk about the the, the tweet. Just... Yeah, pull it up. Yeah, yeah. It was... She was... Uh, essentially stating that uh, Valerie Jarrett, um, she, if you had, um, yeah, got it. Okay, uh, so this was uh, done. Um, oof. Okay, <laughs> this was uh, said in response to uh, a, a story about uh, something, and somebody was talking about uh, Valerie Jarrett, and to that Roseanne Barr tweets, "Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby." Equals VJ. So, uh, and yeah. that tweet killed us, the the highest rated sitcom uh, that ABC had. I think there was a period where she was defending something within the tweet, but then it was immediately, I think, followed up with uh, apology. And wow, it's just it's really blown up. I mean, uh, you know, what what is the takeaway from from something like this? You know, if you're, I guess if you're a celebrity, it's, there's nothing wrong with like showing uh, your, your political views, your personal political views. Obviously this is beyond that. This is racist. Yeah. Um, now (laughs) are there any lessons we can take for people who are on Twitter to like, don't be racist. 
Yeah. That's a good lesson. I guess so. I, I would... Uh, I, what, what I hate about this is that this becomes a, a political issue. It's like, can we not agree that uh, a tweet like that is garbage? Can we not all agree on something like that? Yeah. Instead, there's there's people coming back. Oh, people make fun of uh, of Donald Trump being compared to an orangutan. Yes, th- yes, there is an equivalency. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, do you here on a, on another note? When when you have someone that that says something so offensive, do you look like what what is your stance on the idea that um you you kill a show, you you eliminate it? Um, I think it's there, there was cool. there was an incident earlier this year yeah. involving Bill Maher, yeah. where on his show he was live and he he uses he used the N word, mm-hmm. and it was spontaneous and people thought HBO might cancel his show and he didn't he didn't lose his show over it. Um, he addressed it the next week and he was he kind of had guests come on that took him uh, to task and I am by no means defending him. I I really enjoy Bill Maher's show, but that was. Uh, horrendous. Um, you should not be using that word. Um, yeah. Anyway, but again, there's. I, I mean, I feel like I, this. Well, this is a case where it's the 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 title actor, the star of the show, saying something like this. If it was any other character, they would just simply be written off of the show, mm-hmm. as has happened uh, in many cases. When the star of the show, when the lead, who the show is named after. Uh, does something like this, I think it's totally appropriate to just cancel the whole thing. I mean, do you think they, there's a chance that the show can continue without her? My gut says that this will blow over. And I mean, listen, Hulk Hogan. Uh, dude, perfect example. Yeah. Okay. Today, Roseanne is toxic. She is. She was attached to a show that was doing incredible numbers. In, in, huge. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me... Ten months from now, uh, Carsey Warner, who is the production company, is not going to try and shop this out when Roseanne is more uh, when she goes on her apology tour. I don't know, dude. We talk Hulk Hogan. Yeah, but the WWE hasn't hasn't. I mean, they've talked to him, I guess, but they haven't brought him back. You know, like I think it's interesting to think about what the public perception will be. You know, will audiences uh, who are very offended right now with what 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 she said will they? feel bad uh will they want to see her come back i don't see that that type of uh i think type of uh i don't know uh, uh i think another audience. network will try and work with her sure yeah but i mean what how's that going to make that network look you know uh, i think like, some will they will they will covet that attention yeah yeah i just don't know and and i mean i think i personally i like what it relates to somebody like Hulk Hogan, i'm still very much against the idea of bringing him back i don't i don't think that the wwe should take that risk i'm with you it's not even a risk it's just like how do you expect people in that company to be able to work with this guy you know and knowing that he's making more money than than people um and and just probably taking up tv time getting a better spot it's just he's simply not well also going out and representing the company yeah. Is why? that is it worth the hassle of sending this guy out to do media where inevitably that's going to come up? Maybe like I would hire Hulk Hogan to work like the merchandise stand, you know, do some menial tasks. I'm not even kidding. Like get this guy starting from the bottom. Build the fucking ring. The mascot at NXT. Sure, whatever. I don't care, but I mean to have him just kind of come back into his role that he had beforehand, I think that would that would be infuriating. Mhm. Anyway. Well, uh, 
we also wanted to talk quickly uh, before we get into SmackDown on Tuesday. The trial began, the civil defamation trial involving CM Punk, Colt Cabana, and Dr. Christopher Amon started uh, in Clark County uh, in Illinois. And it's funny, like this is not getting a whole lot of coverage, this trial, because I mean, information on an ongoing trial, it's it's slow to come out if you're just following, you know, looking for court documents and stuff of that nature. And I don't know what the media presence is that's going to the physical courthouse and kind of the main information that trickled out. It was kind of funny. There was a reporter by the name of Gregory Pratt with the Chicago Tribune who was at the courthouse for another reason and just wandered into the trial and just hung out for a while and just tweeted about it. So he wasn't officially covering the, the trial, but he is the only person I've seen cited for kind of information. So it sounds, and this is a jury trial. A jury trial. They were uh, all three principals were there in court and they played the entire Art of Wrestling podcast, which Gregory Pratt here. I want to just uh, let's quickly just uh, go through some of his his tweets here, because uh, this guy was was rather amusing in his description here. I mean, this was not a dry uh representation i had business at cook uh, cook county courthouse so i stopped for a minute to watch the punk cabana defamation case surreal to see two wrestlers sitting across from a jury listening to a podcast of them talking life and pro wrestling that led wwe's doctor (laughs) to sue the ex-champion caught some of the wwe doctor chris amon's testimony the podcast dropped on thanksgiving 2014 amon lawyer went through tweets calling for him to be fired and news stories on the podcast including from 411 mania Amon disputes Punk's story about the doctor failing to treat him. It is happening, though. The lawsuit between WWE's longest-reigning modern champion and a company doctor is being heard in Cook County nearly four years after the podcast dropped. Both sides present different stories. We'll see what the system decides. And then he goes on to mention, On timing, the doctor is likely to continue testifying tomorrow, from what I heard. No idea how long the trial will go, but they were being thorough in going through stuff. The jury heard all of the controversial podcast episode including Cabana's plugs and <laughs> upcoming events. <laughs> Punk seemed visibly amused, chuckling here and there at some of the over-the-top things in the podcast, like Cabana saying fuck you to people who might call next week with a brace of questions. <laughs> he also said that Punk looked uh, looked good and fit ahead of his fight. So this trial is expected to go at least all week because Cabana had to cancel an indie show on Friday. Uh, because of his court appearance. Mm-hmm. So this is the last week of hard training for Punk. And he is going to be in an Illinois courthouse all week mm-hmm. before fight week. Which yeah. there's no guarantee this trial is going to be over on Friday to the best of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. It is. Absolutely. I'm wondering, you know, what what he's thinking really. Uh, what's his schedule like? What's his day like, you know? Will, he, will we learn about that on UFC Embedded perhaps? But... I kind of look forward to the podcast after all this between Punk and Cabana where they can talk about it, hopefully. If there are any aspiring reporters in the Chicago area that care to go to the courthouse, I imagine it's open to Hmm. reporters or people to go in and want to uh, report on behalf of us. Oh, yes, Uh, please. Hey, the DMs are open. John at postwrestling.com. Because this is, it sounds like this is not heavily covered. I mean, uh, this Gregory Pratt even mentioned. Why wouldn't Colt do it for, for his own podcast? Oh, could you imagine? Because he, he's do, he's doing like now he's gotten away from the interviews and he's doing the documentary style. <laughs> yeah, that would be fascinating. I actually, if he did I mean, that, if it's open to the public, it's well, all public record. Yeah, 
I I would be curious if that would be okay on his part to mm. do. I don't know if you would want to release it this week as the trial is ongoing, mm. but maybe that's something to hold on to and then release it once the verdict is is rendered. And hopefully it's 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 not that bad for him. I hope this case does get a lot of attention. I mean, I you and I have spoken about it in the past. I I, re, I really disagree with the fact that Cabana has been yeah included here. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's it's no different than you or I interviewing someone and us being on the hook for some like. You can't fact check in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, You are simply interviewing the subject. What Punk did, whether Punk is telling the truth or not, that's on him. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of my stance on it. But I am stunned that this trial is happening this week uh, before this guy is set to fight in Mm -hmm. Chicago next weekend. Wild, wild. Are you ready to get into the SmackDown? Yes, I am. All right. Started in Raleigh, North Carolina with Samoa Joe coming out. And he takes a ladder from under the ring. And places it into the middle, climbs it up, and grabs the briefcase. He says the ladder is the connection from the earth to the heavens. And he cites Jacob's ladder and the angels offering salvation. His version is a lot different because there is no salvation. There's no smiling angels, but he will be smiling. And he will shake this place to its core. And he's going to show Brian that there are things worse than a forced retirement. He tells him if his eco-friendly, tree-hugging sensibilities will allow it to get on a cell phone and call his wife and tell their daughter a story that daddy's going to come home from money in the bank, but he's not going to be the same man. He will be drenched in regret, failure, and missed opportunity done to him by a very bad man named Samoa Joe, the Mm. orator of this generation. Yeah, good promo from Joe, as usual. Uh, You know, we typically kind of see him do his thing um, I feel like in almost backstage settings now, it's feel I feel like it's been a while since we've had like in ring type of big promo opening show from Joe. Uh and he did great. I thought it set up uh Brian's entrance very nicely. Do you think Joe could pull off the Visigoths promo? Yes. I mean yeah, I think the delivery would be way better. Like when you but, listen to the content in this, yeah. another person, this probably would have sounded horrendous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Joe can make just about anything work promo-wise at the moment. Brian comes out, says, There are lines you don't cross, and if you mention my wife or daughter again, I'm going to break your leg. And they don't have to wait to fight. They can fight now. But they're interrupted by Big Cass coming out on his crutch and refers to them as the shrimp and the blimp. Mm, Yeah. The shrimp and the blimp. Mm -hmm. So teasing a future tag team down the road. He says that should be his money in the bank opportunity, not Brian's, and he's sick of his second chances. He spoke to Paige, and their match is not going to happen, and the audience is furious. Instead, he says Joe is going to face him when he is cleared, and when is he going to be cleared? He takes his crutch, swings it, nails Joe after Brian ducks, and then Brian attacks Cass with kicks, gets Irish whipped into the ladder, and then Cass lays out both men with briefcase shots, and we end the segment with the idea that Joe versus Brian is not happening after the week-long promotion. Yeah, uh, I think the the bait-and-switch is probably going to upset a lot of people. Um, it was pretty blatant, man. Like Billion know. dollars, uh, fuck you. I just... But I, I, at the end, though, if the promise of the, a segment like this is that we're going to get Brian versus Joe on a bigger stage, hopefully with a better build, I can't really be that upset. I think if I was paying a ticket to be at the show, though, I'd be—I'd have plenty of reason to be upset. I kind of feel bad for those people, 
but to me though, the way they that they presented the two of them uh, together in the ring, and then the way they took it away, lets you know that they recognize Brian versus Joe as a bit of a dream match that maybe you know is worth delaying. Uh, that that people will come back for. So hopefully they'll treat it with more respect next time. Nakamura was backstage with uh, numbered cards from 1 to 10, and when he got to 10, he tore it up. Mm-hmm. We had a promo spot with Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey, and the big build here is that Ronda was ready for the Olympics, ready for UFC, ready for Hollywood. But is she ready for Nia Jax? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. obstacle that... You know, anyone can win a gold medal. Every UFC champion, their goal after is Nia Jax. Nia Jax. Yeah. I mean, Christ, Conor McGregor has never been able to conquer Nia Jax. No. Uh, you know, a simple, pretty good video, uh, very much in the style of like a big boxing pay-per-view yep. or a UFC fight. Just, And I think that really is the key. I, I like the promo. Yeah, you have. it's so simple. Ronda Rousey versus this, the biggest opponent she's ever faced. Who they identified here, the baddest woman on the planet, yes. as they're promoting her. Paige is in the back, and Absolution confronted her, point out the mistakes she's making, such as Asuka getting a title rematch, and says Asuka hasn't done anything lately, and lost to Charlotte, and then lost on her first match on SmackDown. Paige says that Mandy Rose can take on Asuka tonight to see why she is the number one contender. And then she continued walking, and there's Renee waiting for an interview. And Paige didn't realize that Joe was going to hijack the segment, and Cass does not speak on behalf of Paige. Cass is cleared, and Brian did earn his second chance by beating Jeff Hardy, and tonight it's a three-way match. Mm -hmm. Do you think this was satisfying, given that you had promised this match last week? I mean, uh, again, like I'm looking at it from from the perspective that uh, I, you know, I almost felt like Joe versus Brian was a little too rushed to just g- deliver on SmackDown. So I'm personally not that upset about it, with the knowledge that in the future I might be able to see it again. If there's somebody who's tuning in for to SmackDown for the first time in a long time, or somebody who paid a ticket to go to this show, it's certainly not 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 a real makeup. It's funny that we'll run through the main event, but the way the main event is booked. I don't think you had to change this and that you could have done Cass showing up that we all expected. Yeah. And then he reveals the crutch is just uh, a gimmick at this point and it leads to the finish. But I do think they want to save Joe versus Brian for another time. You kind of got it though here. I mean, it was, you, you got a triple threat. You got a submission out of it. Yeah. But you can't properly promote, you know. Uh, For the first time in the WWE, which we kind of exhausted that promotion this past week, but I guess now they can recycle it for Mm -hmm. a future show. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ty Dillinger. This was actually a pretty fun match here. I thought pretty clever, man, to get over the... Yeah, uh, I thought so too. The last man standing gimmick. Byron had to read a Ty Dillinger tweet and had to navigate around the shit emoji and did it pretty (laughs) pretty seamlessly. Uh, Dillinger's cut off his ponytail. Oh, has he? Yeah, he's got a new haircut. I, I think his hair is an improvement. Can't uh, tie that ponytail any longer. No. Dillinger went for a dive into a knee from Nakamura. They got a rare commercial break for a Ty Dillinger match. Nakamura's beating him down, and as Ty was down, Nakamura would start counting, and Ty would make it back up. And then Ty flashes the 10 sign at him. He fights back. He drives a knee to the face. For a guy that gets very little... Like, he is someone that the audience does get behind. Dillinger, as the absolutely. baby face in peril. Absolutely. There's He's very some... much... I see Chad Gable in uh, a similar role on Raw. But yeah. Ty, it's more of an organic 
um, buildup that he's had that I think goes back to the NXT run. Certainly, yeah. There's something about him that just kind of makes you want to cheer for the guy because he looks like such an underdog. Like, he does not look necessarily physically impressive at all, at least in comparison to, uh, like, uh, the roster. So... And, but he like he's obviously a good wrestler and somebody who shows great fire when he does wrestle. So he's to me like he he's almost kind of got like a Barry Horowitz thing going. He hit the uh, eat the knee to the face, and then Nakamura came back um, a knee from the turnbuckle, calls for the Kinshasa, hits it, pins Ty, and then after hits a Kinshasa to the back of the head, and he counts to ten on the microphone. Mm-hmm. I thought a really effective way to just yeah. build some heat on Nakamura. Uh, get the last man standing match over. And again, the Kinshasa, you are establishing that all he needs to do is hit this and he'll be the champion. He needs to hit it twice. I guess, to, well, though, it was once last week on AJ and he stayed down. And that was 10? Wow, okay. Yeah, I, you know, this was not necessarily a match that you watched to say, to look for like a great match. It, it, was, uh, a, it was a good TV match, it, though. It was good, yeah. yeah. But but I wouldn't say it was like, a, you know, uh, maybe satisfying on its own. It's not a standalone match. It's a match that is used to tell a bigger story about the last man standing stipulation. And I thought it was very effective. Um, I think Nakamura is just simply, the man is so charismatic, he could do something as simple as counting to 10 and entertain people. Uh, so we're seeing a whole feud building. I, I much prefer this than the low blow uh, feud that I think we had a, a month ago. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the match. Dasha interviewed AJ Styles, and he says something has snapped inside of Nakamura and feels he's more dangerous than ever. The match benefits Nakamura, Nakamura, who is a skilled striker, and people always underestimate him. He fights smarter and harder than the opponent, who is bigger and stronger, and he is the last one to leave and the last one to back down from a challenge. This was as Rudy a promo as you could script for the man. Right, yeah, although AJ is not very much a Rudy at all. Like, that's Ty Dillinger, AJ is But that's like, what they positioned him here, the, like, the underdog sure. that overachieves. Yeah, I guess so, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, yeah good, good good stuff. Did uh, AJ do the uh, dark match tonight? Probably. I, have to, I, have to I, so. I didn't look it up, but I would assume he did the dark match. Mm. Uh, we had a Popeye's chicken spot featuring Ric Flair's figure fours from many different decades. Mm-hmm. Yes. Classic footage. Then Aiden English uh, came out with Rusev to introduce Lana said two songs will be sung at Money in the Bank, Rusev Day, and Lana is the best. AJ Nakamura, uh, sorry, wait, uh, sorry, please go on. I'm just trying to look up the dark match for tonight. Then Naomi came out with the Usos, and we are going to have a dance-off between Lana and Naomi, emceed by Greg Hamilton. Rusev, they note, is streaming this on Instagram. Yes, wow, so yeah, Instagram stories. I want to know what... Uh, what digital rights is Rusev paying to get the ability to stream this on Instagram? Because when this goes to Fox, not a fucking chance I'd be letting this guy stream this on Instagram for free. Well, yes, that is interesting. I don't know if those are part of the uh, NBC agreements. There was, there's Fox. one um, analyst. Congratulations. Sorry. Congrats. Uh, there was one analyst last week who kind of threw out this theory it sounded like a theory of his more so than something concrete that the streaming rights could still potentially be like may not be involved in this big deal like you would think fox spending all this money that they secure the digital rights but this one analyst was saying that they may still be on the open market stating that raw could get something like 25 million a year for streaming Mm -hmm. rights which is insane it's totally all of this is crazy all of this is crazy that they're landing so, I mean, at this point, it really is about, like, pointing your camera at things and 
selling them. So, uh, Post-production videos. That's going to be our big gold mine. I guess so. I guess so. Content, content, content. It's all about just creating more. Which, for our Double Double and Above members, Thursday, we will have a new post-production video uh, chatting. Whatever news item or items uh, we care to discuss. So Mm -hmm. that'll be coming out later this week. So they had the dance-off, and Lana starts dancing. And they mention her background is in ballet. I am not a great uh, dancer or even... Uh, oh, I beg to differ. I've seen you bust a move. I can't even critique dancing all that well. Yeah. But this... For someone that was supposed to be doing a dance gimmick a year ago, I didn't think she was very good. I agree. I mean, by the way, this they did something very similar informally on a previous edition of Total Divas where, you know, these two of the of the roster, these two are the professional quote-unquote dancers. Okay. I guess Carmela as well, right? She did some of that. Yes. Uh, but it kind of felt a bit similar. Lana. She was also the heel in this segment that I think she was supposed to be yeah, um, true. kind of awkward. She could clearly do some pretty cool moves like she did a, a she has a background spinner, in ballet we spinner-oony. learned yeah, she did do a spinneroony we got a booker reference to that yeah Naomi was next and she was better she was definitely better she also pulled out the dab oh she dabbed she did dab okay yeah she twerked she dabbed she split she uh what are the other big moves right now Oh, she did that Christy Hemi spot where she puts her leg yes, vertical yes, and that. then comes down in the splits. I, I have to say, I mean, I was quite uh, mm, Underwhelmed? Yeah, definitely underwhelmed by this dance-off. I, I thought we would get multiple rounds. Uh, certainly if this was, you know, the, the uh, women's roster's answer to the New Day versus Usos rap battle, this was not it. This was mm, just not nearly as entertaining. Uh, especially on the point, part, part of Lana. Right. Well, um, this was more so to set up the final spot where they start dancing together. And they yeah, go, that was the worst of all of them. Dude, they were doing the screech Lisa Turtle, like, foot yeah, dance. What was that? I don't know, but neither had a cast like Dustin Diamond did on that episode. <laughs> or no, it was Lisa who had the broken foot. They, like, were tapping their feet together and just hopping in on one leg each. Like, I've... I thought these two were professionals. Whoa, man. No, I mean... <laughs> they go back to back like they're, I don't know, like a like detective a, team. Like our old uh, uh, um, thumbnail. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then... <laughs> like, uh, like every MMA fighter's uh, pose. Yes. yes. And then just like our photo shoot uh, where you gave me a neck breaker, that's what Lana <laughs> executed to Naomi. And then we got a big brawl. Everyone went crazy. And Lana slapped Jimmy. Naomi nailed Lana. Uh, Rusev in English got knocked off the apron. And then a rear view was hit to Lana. And the Usos and Naomi cleared the ring. You know, all the physicality at the end I thought was perfectly fine. But uh, the dance-off was another... Uh, I'm not even going to say it was the worst segment of the week. I thought the but... Usos were the best workers in this segment. <laughs> Their well, selling was incredible. Uh, do you still go with, uh, what is it? The barbecue as the worst segment over... Oh, hands down. Hands down. This was goddamn uh, Jericho and Kevin Owens' breakup in comparison. Then we had some pancakes brought to the New Day in the back, and then they cut to the bar in the locker room where Miz is blindfolded, and they're throwing pancakes at him, and he is chopping them. That's fun. Yeah. The New Day versus the Miz and the bar. 
Big E and Cesaro started this match. Uh, belly to belly was hit by Big E. Then Kofi was sent to the floor. They went through the break, and then they got the heat on Kingston for quite some time. Uh, Big E went after Sheamus and Miz on the floor. Cesaro knocked him down, and they sent Big E into the barricade. Kingston hit the SOS, makes the massive hot tag to Xavier Woods. Mm. This was a huge reaction. Yeah. He comes in. Tremendous sequence here. Drives his knee to the face of Sheamus. Then goes... Uh, Sheamus goes under the middle turnbuckle, which I'm going to give him props for doing the shoulder to the post spot, at least a little different by going under the middle turnbuckle as opposed to the usual way. So bravo. Um, yeah, Woods was just on fire here. He leaped off the shoulders for a somersault onto Cesaro on the floor, back into a tornado DDT to Sheamus in the ring. Miz distracted him and Woods got crotched. Bar double teamed Woods. E came in, hit a urinagi onto the double knees of Woods, got a great near fall from that. Miz hit a DDT, Kingston made the save, and then the bar drops Woods on the barricade on the floor, and they hugged like this was the greatest achievement these two had accomplished together. <laughs> and Kingston took them both out with a cross body to the floor, and then it ends with a tilt-a-whirl into a big ending, Big E pins Miz, just a great six-man tag. Yeah, great match. I thought it was excellent. I thought I thought this was the best match of the week uh, for on WWE programming. Well, two hundred five live actually. Oh, yeah. Way watch two hundred five live tonight. I watched the main event. Okay, it was, uh, Buddy Murphy versus uh, Cedric, and that was excellent. Better than this. Wow. Yes. Well, I will watch two hundred five yes. live this week. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a great match, though. Certainly the best on SmackDown, and you know, all six of these men felt really in sync with one another. Everything they did, they hit flawlessly, and the crowd was with them for all of their spots. I really like the fact that they're uh, pairing the Miz and the Bar, uh, retaining that association uh, from Raw. I hope they keep them together. I think all three are stronger as a result of it. But you know, another notch in the Miz's belt for this month. He's he's on a bit of a roll. He kind of is. Good for him. Renee was with Anderson and Gallows. And asks how they will prepare for the Bludgeon Brothers. Gallows puts over Carl's abs, who he mentions his hot Asian wife. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the abs thing was something they've always done, but come on. Abs? Like the, Carl Anderson? He has abs, certainly. It, they're impressive, but nothing like Tony Nese, and certainly nothing like Finn Balor. Yeah, like, this is really stepping on Tony Nese's gimmick. Yeah, like in a wrestling, in a WWE context, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know if his abs are, are all that impressive. Damn. Uh, they said they'll do anything to become champions. They buried the hatchet with the Usos and asked them about their battles in the past with the Bludgeon Brothers. And they are teasing the nerd line when they hear some static. And the monitor has been infiltrated by the hackers, the Bludgeon Brothers. They have the power to go through HDMI. Yes, with some tremendous uh, red lighting in this yeah. room. The depraved will infect... The decent, minds illiterate, souls corrupted, bodies liquefied. Prepare yourselves for the Bludgeon Brothers, and Corey Graves cannot comprehend how bodies will be liquefied. This promo to me sounded like the uh, WWE Please Don't Try This at Home video at the beginning of all their DVDs. Yeah, I gotta say, like, after... I, dude, I thought ours were way better than this. Than this one? <laughs> this one kind of sucked. Yeah, well, it is. Yeah, they are what they are. Well, yeah. Our superstar fact way Big Cass played basketball for NYU and studied pre med. Okay, great. Should uh, be like, what happened? I, I, I'm glad that this week it's about a guy that's actually on this show. Yeah, they've they've been able to adjust a little. 
Good for them. Carmella came out for commentary. Mandy Rose, Asuka. And Graves is referring to Mandy as God's greatest creation, which Carmella took offense to uh, for the snub. Hmm. Sonya attacked Asuka behind on the ramp. And then Asuka struggled to the ring and the match began. Uh, I can't confirm if the, she gave the ref the okay on her Instagram story, but the match did begin. Rose stomped her down. Carmella mentions that Trish and Lita never won the Money in the Bank ladder match. Asuka fires back with strikes, a sliding knee, hip attack. And then she misses one on the ropes and there's a short arm clothesline by Mandy Rose, a very light version. And Asuka comes back, applies the Asuka lock, taps her out. And then a big stare down with Carmella in the ring holding the title up. I thought the match between Asuka and Mandy wasn't all that bad. I mean, uh, you know, Asuka, or sorry, sorry, Mandy Rose, I think has kind of cooled down, taken a bit of a step backwards in, in the past few months, but that's totally fine. I'm ho- hoping that she's still getting a lot of experience on the road, uh, just getting better. Uh, I think she still shows great potential and she's still young. Carmella, when she had the stare down with Asuka, lifted the belt. I mean, that segment, I think, maybe called for some type of uh, verbiage or just some type of bigger action in order to really get the crowd. But otherwise, I have to say this match doesn't really feel all that hot. I don't think Asuka is as hot right now, certainly without the streak. uh, Really lack of character development altogether since WrestleMania. Uh, And Carmella, mm, you know, she's... She's just really good at being annoying. And other than that, you know, she looks great with the belt, but... Beyond that, I just I don't sense this audience feeling all that interested in this match. I don't even know how much interest there is in, in seeing Asuka as champion. That time would have been against Charlotte. Now it just, uh, I mean, I think they should just put the belt on Asuka and build up to their next big match. Charlotte and Becky were watching this backstage. The most noteworthy part is that they were staring directly at the monitor. They, they've kind of started to do that. I mean, people still watch to the side, but more and more people are learning that the best angle is to look straight ahead. Cool. So then the, maybe the selfie promos will evolve too, so not everyone has to talk like this. <laughs> Baby steps. Anyway, Charlotte predicts Asuka's going to win the title, she's going to win the Money in the Bank, and they will have a WrestleMania rematch. Becky can envision this too, but tell Charlotte to look more to the left. And she'll see the actual winner, which is her. And says she was so close to winning last year, nothing will stop her this year, even Charlotte. Charlotte says she wants her to win, but she needs that contract. She needs to win her title back, and she's going to win. And Paige enters, and she loves this competitive spirit and brings up Team PCB. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Of course. I, rem- I also remember the submission sorority. Yes. Do you remember the submission sorority? Yes. Yeah, the... Google the, the it. The short-lived it. name. Google it, everybody. Yeah, Google it. I think they had the .com on it as well. Do you know one of the other names that they were considering were the, the Miss Fits? Oh. And I, I, Team I Tap. <laughs> yeah. Team Tap. Team PCB. Like, Team PCB, to me, it just, it always sounded like they were, like, drug addicts. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it never took off. Next week on SmackDown, they are going to be in Corpus Christi, Texas, with Jimmy and Naomi against Lana and Aiden English. Isn't that kind of weird? Jimmy, Naomi versus Lana and Aiden, like as opposed to Lana and Rusev? Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, I mean, we know who's losing that match, I guess. Uh, they're They're also going to do Becky versus Charlotte next week. Yes, yes. I thought it was kind of an odd, uh, 
the, like going back to that Charlotte Becky Page uh, PCB uh, skit earlier, it was kind of odd how Page just kind of left the frame without announcing the match. Like it almost felt like she might have forgotten the announcement or something. But why leave the audience in suspicion? Like Page, Page, why? Why are we here? Yeah, exactly. Just for that. <laughs> Andrade Cien Almas walked out of the locker room and Sin Cara, his long lost friend, is there. They go way back way. Zelina Vega freaks out that this, this common peasant is speaking to her man. And Sin Cara explains their history. And Vega states that Andrade is the future of, of SmackDown Live and Sin Cara is a nobody. Almas blew him off and left. And I could see a tear forming behind the mask of Sin Cara. Did he have another match on this show? Uh, <laughs> I don't think he did the dark match. This was a big moment for Zingara. I, I he spoke. Know, I don't know if I've ever heard Zingara speak before. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he got the mask on, came all the way here and did this. So This might be possibly. a Money in the Bank match. Uh, possibly. Why not? I Everyone's mean, got a wrestle on this show. It'll probably be the next match for, for CN. And that's totally fine. He needs to just go through people. But uh, do, do we know if these two actually had history? Well, this is this is not um, like CMLO version of. I know, but the fact like Sinkara says that we go way back. Is he thinking that? He, is he speaking as if he's still mystical? I, I mean, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like, what is he? Has he assumed? Yeah, the the, the role of the, mystical, the life and the memories yeah, of mystical. I mean, maybe he adopted the <laughs> the man. Meanwhile, like CN is probably like, I don't know you. Karistico does not you're, exist in the WWE yeah, you're universe. Not, you're not this tall. <laughs> that's, that's very funny uh, Big cast Daniel Bryan Samoa Joe Three way This got a lot of time No entrance for Joe uh, Cast came out Bryan came out They start They brought up the, the last time Bryan was in a triple threat match Was against Randy Orton And Batista At Wrestlemania 2014 mm, right. Joe lands a Tope Suicida to Cass And then Bryan is on the top Hits a crossbody to both As Phillips proclaims The shrimp and the blimp Teaming up as we went to break, Cass tossed Brian over the announcer's table. Joe is then seated on the top, and Joe hits a running drop kick, can't knock Joe off, and then executes a top rope uh, Frankensteiner to Joe. Brian hits his running drop kicks, cut off by Cass. Second commercial break, Cass hits a bunch of his moves that have New York inspired names to them the Empire Elbow, the East River Crossing. Yes, we get it. And then Brian hit the dragon screw to Cass's bad leg. And Brian was constantly going for the injured knee of mm-hmm. Big Cass. So some uh, connective tissue, both literally and figuratively here for the attack. Um, hits them with the yes kicks. And then Brian struggles, but finally applies the yes lock to Cass. Joe pulls Brian's leg from the floor. And then Joe gets taken out with a flying knee. Brian fires up. Running knee to Cass, and then Joe lifts him off of Cass, applies the Coquina clutch, and Brian passes out at 21 minutes and 14 seconds. Uh, Cass is still out, and Joe gets the relatively clean win and qualifies for Money in the Bank, which I guess gives you your two monsters, Joe and Braun, in the same mm-hmm. match. That's right. Very good match here. I thought Joe and Brian looked great together. And I thought Cass hung in there with the two as well. So I thought overall a very fun main event. Uh, it was interesting to see maybe the crowd, whether or not the crowd has begun to pick up on Brian's heel hook, and they really haven't yet. He kind of stood there and waited for that reaction, but it yeah. never really came. Uh, you know, maybe it takes more effort on the part of the announcers. Maybe it even requires some type of funny name. Uh, fun name. You know? Uh, got anything? The Bri-Tie. 
Um, the uh, he's got time. The Danielle in pain. I also w- was interested in the way that they positioned Joe here because he was almost, I thought throughout the entire show, almost positioned as sort of like a real anti-hero. Cass is the actual guy that the audience hates. Meanwhile, Joe is the guy who's mean and tough. There's nothing to boo this man over. But he is a fan favorite. He kicks ass. Yeah. He kicks ass. There's nothing to detest about He's this man. He's an edgy baby face at this point. Let's be honest, right? Which maybe isn't the worst role. Yeah, no, it's great. As long as people are attached to him. This is why I wanted Samoa Joe on SmackDown. is so that he can have a large presence and be in the main event like he is here, which he wouldn't be on always, on Raw at least. So I hope this year it goes really well for Samoa Joe and they have something bigger planned for him. You know, whether or not he'll win Money in the Bank, I don't know. But we have our match. Do you want to go through uh, sure. the, the Money in the Bank participants? Yeah, why not? I mean, We've got all the women, all the men now. Yes, we do. All right, so Money in the Bank 2018, we have all of our... Uh, Money in the Bank ladder match participants. And in the women's match, we have Ember Moon, Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Natalia, Lana, Naomi, and Sasha. Any uh, any clear favorites? I mean, starting with Ember Moon, what do you think? Um, I think a small chance. Small chance, in my opinion as well. Charlotte? I'd say no. Hmm. I think unless, that's unless they do the Oscar rematch, right? I really think the women's one, especially, is going to be the one that you're going to have the the longer chase with. I really do see a heel coming out of the women's match. Well, I mean that's that's the question: how many heels are eligible? Because I only see Alexa Bliss. Because otherwise, you have Becky Lynch, Natalia, Lana, Naomi, and Sasha. Of course, Natalia can turn, and Lana's technically a heel, I guess. But yeah, I guess one of those three. Then do you see? I guess there, there's the. There's the option with Natalia mm-hmm. um, and the idea of Ronda coming out with the title at Money in the Bank and her best friend's got the briefcase. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got that um, to kind of tease people with, though I, I think that's a smaller possibility of Natalia winning. It's also assuming that Ronda will become will beat Nia for the title. Oh, yeah, which, I'm saying this is a completely contingent on the other. Lana, um, I I certainly do not hold. I hate that idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I think her spot in the match could be fun. She really does feel like the one that's completely out of place amongst all of them. I think they will protect her and hopefully design something pretty, like, somewhat memorable for her, but I do not see her winning whatsoever. They also have a a long tradition, not not the case every time, pardon the pun, but of putting it on somebody that is not necessarily ready that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it, not Lana. But it's a long-term play. Uh, I'm looking more at like Becky, who oh, yes. it's not the obvious play now, but come the fall, maybe uh, something where you could turn Becky. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, Becky, I remember last year kind of being the one that... Uh, you know, she was essentially in the same spot as she is this year. Somebody who could easily take something like a briefcase and just immediately do something with it. Somebody you could see as a, a champion because I think she's been due since then. But uh, unlike I Bailey, know. I don't think Becky has been tarnished. No, I think she's just been on the back burner, but can be heated up very quickly and get over. Yeah, uh, Naomi, Sasha. You know, Naomi's won the the Rumble. Oh, sorry, the uh, what is it? The the Andre Bat. The what is it? The, <laughs> The, what do they call it? The, the WrestleMania Battle Royal. That's what all it was. It was called. Yeah. So she won that. I don't know if that Naomi makes, makes no sense. Eligible. Sasha, you could do. Oh, Sasha is just so cold right now, though. And the feud is with Bailey, right? They feud over the briefcase. You can't change a briefcase over a match, can you? They've had they've had matches for control of the briefcase potentially, in the past. but uh, my pick, I think, would be amongst all of them, Natalia, for me. Do you expect this to be a very good match? 
I think it has the potential to be. Um, you have some some great talent in there. You have Ember, Charlotte, uh, Natalia, Becky, Alexa. I think can hold their own too. Sasha. You know, you have some pretty strong core talent there. And Lana. And Ni- yeah, and Lana. No, I think and I Naomi. Th- I think it'll be laid out very well. There's I the think. potential mm-hmm. on the men's side of things. We have Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, The Miz, Rusev, Bobby Roode, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and one of the members of the New Day. Right. Strowman, I think, you know, for a lot of people might be a clear standout. Maybe a little too obvious even. But uh, I don't see Joe winning. I think I don't think he really uh, needs it. Um, I mean, does Braun need it? No, unless you just want to be able to build up SummerSlam instantly. And there's an argument to having your SummerSlam main event before the summer even starts, that you have two months, like that's the big match of the Absolutely. summer. And I always like when they do that. Um, Absolutely. I, I like Owens um, as someone that can hold it for a while. To me, though, somebody like Kevin Owens holding a money in the bank briefcase doesn't necessarily make him that much more. I think he'll be entertaining. He'll have a very entertaining run as a money in the bank briefcase holder. But does him winning the title benefit him or even the show all that much like does he need the cash in win versus just challenging for some a title and then winning it i like i just mm, i just don't necessarily i feel like it, it's it's a neutral move for for somebody like a kevin owens whereas you know i'm trying to look at this i don't see bobby Roode getting it I, I i would say the same thing for the miz it's a bit of a neutral move he's already done it rusev Maybe. Like, Rusev coming out with a briefcase every single week and finally doing that cash-in can really elevate him to that next level. I'll put it this way. Rusev just being another guy in this match that doesn't win, it really makes me question why he was put over Daniel Bryan. Like, if you're going to beat Bryan, it should be for a reason. Especially the first loss. Well, he lost today as well. But, like, yeah, I guess they'd have anything. Joe, I can see that. Like, that's clearly to build on something for the future. Uh, and I guess in hindsight, that Rusev loss might have been to, to build on the attack from Cass, which they never really connected, I thought, on commentary. Yeah. But, and then he just destroyed Cass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't, I don't think Rusev benefited from that at all. Um, you think it'll be a good match? Yeah, I think that it's going to be a really great match. Mm-hmm. Um I think both are going to be very, pretty, very, very good matches. Yeah. Uh, I have higher expectations for the men's match, though, just because of the, the high level that is involved there. All right, oh. let's uh, let's get to our feedback. Okay, how about that? We have it this week. I'm pulling up. What is the rating? Do you think, John Pollock, for this edition of SmackDown? Ooh, I'm gonna go six point five. Close, seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was it was a fine show. It was a good show. I mean, I really uh, enjoyed that six uh, the six man. I think if you have Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe in the main event, two hundred five live. Oh yeah, yeah. Why don't you quickly uh, yeah, share I didn't, your I didn't, I didn't. I was just kind of casually watching this, just enjoying it, not really taking notes. But uh, this was a, a match that they built up to quite a bit between Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander. Cedric Ale- Alexander defending the championship, and uh, they had a lot of time. Like it felt like it was twenty twenty plus minutes. Like, uh, and it was excellent. Like, one of the things, though, again, it's just when you're watching 205 Live, and for some reason, they sometimes go to crowd shots, uh, like like wide shots, uh, like when they do the graphic for the opening title. And you can just see the number of empty seats. It's just... But who cares? It doesn't matter. Like, the people that are there are uh, were fully respecting this match, and they were really into this match. Um, I think it were... I, this was his home state. He's from Charlotte. Oh, is that right? Yeah. 
Uh, who Cedric? Cedric, yeah, obviously, yes. Uh, you know, uh, Murphy was working on Cedric's back a lot. Uh, just a lot of crate back and forth, and just very clean crate execution of of everything that they were trying to do. I don't, I don't know. Should I give out the finish? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you guys are planning on listen, you tune out right now if you're gonna watch it. But uh, Cedric retained um, using, uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the lumbar check after uh, multiple. Uh, what does he call that kick? The neutral, neuralizer. The the neuralizer. Neuralizer. Yeah. After a couple of those, but uh, Murphy looks awesome. Like his his wrestling is fantastic, but I think his like demeanor in ring two is excellent as well. Mm-hmm. I just feel like he's got a bit, bit of a goofy look with those tights and just the ginger beard. No offense, ginger beards. Uh, Braden Harrington, I, I apologize. But uh, I also think, you know, the ceiling is only so far in 205 Live, but the man is clearly incredibly talented. And, I mean, that goes for Cedric, obviously, as well. So if you want to see some good wrestling, 205 Live is still a, a very good destination. Cool. So the crowd got into the finish? Really, yeah. They, they got into the whole match. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good to hear. Was that the only match on the show? No, no. There were plenty of other ones. I just didn't watch the other ones. Gotcha. I, I actually watched Being the Elite gotcha. um, instead, which was actually another big addition of uh, Being the Elite. What uh, happened? Well, not necessarily, I would say, in terms of uh, content, but just like beefy. And uh, I believe Nick Jackson tweeted out earlier that this was one of his favorite uh, edits that he had done. And you can maybe understand why, because he's been employing with a lot more like uh, different types of techniques. Uh, there's a there's one great scene where like SoCal uncensored are uh, 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 <clears throat> excuse me SoCal is that what they're called SoCal uncensored right yeah yeah they're like they're uh, they're touring England with the uh, Ring of Honor and they're just in all these different locations talking shit about uh, you know Edinburgh London and I believe it was uh, they were in Doncaster, Doncaster for one show yeah yep. so like uh, Frankie's like where are we like what's the name of this place Don Callis <laughs> yeah but um i i think that that's I, I don't know this but i i feel like they're building up to yeah like socal against uh the bucks and somebody for all in well they're not even listed for all in though are they SoCal um, uncensored no they're not yet but i mean obviously they, can... they, they they're, they're still they could still announce uh many names um so anyway like nick has now kind of started to cut in between multiple um videos to build to a climax uh like a joint climax um and it was very effective it was a lot of fun i think he's got, getting getting really really good they're also doing like I, I don't know, like, I guess, I'm guessing all these guys really have a lot of leeway in directing themselves, because they're all, like, incredibly creative, and they plan, like, like, with the, the shows, the, this episode starts off with, like, the Bucks having a conversation in the car, and the camera's not pointed, you know, at their faces, it's like, somebody hitting record beforehand, and then having a conversation before actually starting the show on purpose on purpose yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. so they they do stuff like that that's a lot of fun uh there's a segment like they just went kind of all around the world um uh marty squirrel is in uh japan with flip gordon of course yeah, marty, super genius marty squirrel is babysitting flip gordon and uh they're just uh touring japan and they went to uh what is it uh ribera steakhouse for the first time uh you also see the bucks uh, in their final match at uh Reseda in the uh, legion hall mm-hmm. and um you know, pretty a bit. Matt Jackson looking very clearly emotional, like uh, walking through the halls and just kind of uh, showing you the place where Adam Cole died. 
God rest his soul. Yes, uh, and then a bit of a training montage with uh, Kenny Omega uh, as they as he builds up the uh, Kenny uh, uh, Okada match. Gotcha. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, just I wouldn't necessarily say uh, incredibly newsworthy, but I think just interesting to watch. Uh, and it was a lengthy one; it was seventeen minutes. Wow. All right, we start off with Jesse from Tulsa. This was an excellent show tonight. Everything besides the dance off was entertaining and kept my attention the entire night. Samoa Joe is great. This guy can do no wrong right now, and everything's he, everything he touches is turning to gold. I had no problem with them adding Big Cast to the main event. It's been a long time since the WWE has had a dream match and not thrown it on a forgettable Raw or SmackDown. Build the match up and make us wait for it. I have no problem with that. I was completely against the Nakamura heel turn when it happened, but he has proved me wrong. His heel turn has been a thousand times more entertaining than his babyface run was. Question. Having Samoa Joe choke out Daniel Bryan is a great way to get him heat, but I do think that he is getting so good at what he's doing that he's going to start getting more and more cheers from the fans. Would you keep him as a heel or would you turn him into a badass babyface like Braun is? I think the latter is where he ultimately will end up. Mm -hmm. I think you should execute that when he's ready to go for the title and win it. I think it should happen organically. I think he definitely has a big heel run in him. I mean, whether or not the crowd will turn him before that remains to be seen, but I think you should go ahead and push him as a heel and then give him a reason to start playing to the audience which i don't think he should anyway but you know being friendlier to the audience at least and i think when you do it organically and it's not just like i hate the role the the word tweener because i feel that's just it's just an open book to book a guy without any kind of restraint and with joe you've done this subtle approach that it does allow him to be organic in this role and he can work with baby faces and heels Mm -hmm. and especially as the world champion the badass world champion that's a great role for him and you can and that's kind of how they built brock that he can go back and forth with whatever opponents are necessary on that note it just kind of reminded me about the finish and uh i i think it's you know having joe choke out brian is totally fine. I'm really glad they had him choke him out though, and not Brian tapping. I mean, which I think would have. I, I didn't. Him. I didn't mind the loss. I didn't I, mind I, the loss either. Brian is, is again is the underdog. He can afford losses. It doesn't really change his character to me that much. We got a Brandon from Oshawa. Little things can mean so much. Samoa Joe storming out and grabbing the money in the bank briefcase during his promo is a little thing, but to me it was something fresh because it's not something we normally see. It isn't the same old look up or point at it. This guy just walked out and showed he meant business and wasn't fucking around. As much as I wanted to see Joe and Brian, I'm glad they held off. We've got two Brian programs potentially to look forward to now against Joe and against The Miz. Is it just me or did that look like a fake Sin Cara? Last time I remember seeing him, he was shorter and fatter. I think it's a good first opponent for Almas, though, moving up from the jobbers. Have to give some props to 205 Live, too. I watched for the first time in months just to see the title match, and it was a pretty great match, and goes to show what a hometown win does for a guy. Cedric got a great reaction after his win, and celebrating with his family was a nice way to end the show. I don't believe it was a, a fake Sin Cara. Like, I mean, he had the tattoo and everything. Yeah, so. it seemed like the guy. Yeah. Tommy from New York. He writes that, uh, this is a long one here. I'm just, uh, self-editing here. Uh, Okay. SmackDown was a fun show that breezed by, but I do feel like if you don't just enjoy good to great wrestling, then SmackDown is skippable in spite of its good in-ring action. There's rarely a brutal episode of SmackDown, but also rarely something to me that is can't miss storyline development. 
The six-man tag was great, and it's nice to see the New Day being profiled in singles competition, and I'm wondering if you guys think there's a chance they stay together, with maybe one emerging as a solid babyface title contender while still in the New Day, or does one have to turn heel? Certainly the group has a, has a you know... Um a limit to what it can achieve and you can argue that they've already achieved all they can as a as a tag team and as a unit so i certainly think the next level would be for somebody like a biggie to be, become a single star yes i i kind of defer to the the idea of just one of them or or all of them they move on because i feel it's very much like a hardy's thing where the audience does not want to see them fight one another that doesn't mean they have to fight one another. You can become a that's part. What, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Is to, they just go on their separate ways. Sure, they're still a part of a faction. Yeah, they can still have that that connection. Yeah. And you don't have to have one of them turn on the other. You don't have to do the shield scenario. By breaking them up, I think it, they all kind of lose a bit you know, of personality. You know, why try to build something new from, for each and of And merchandise. Guys? Exactly. Like, they're... they're these pancakes, as stupid as they are, I think they're they're doing a great job of, of. I don't even know if they're selling pancakes, but they could sell anything really. That that group. Um, so, but I, I do think tires. Maybe that'll be their next oh, gimmick. Tires. They're a great weapon too. Dumping tires on kids in the audience. Rolling them down the ramp to wow. hit heels. Yeah. All right, we got a Kyle who says, "Does anyone else feel uneasy at times watching Daniel Bryan wrestle? As soon as he screwed up his top rope backflip, I kept getting nervous he was going to get hurt. I don't know, maybe because he was in there with big cast, but every time he takes a dive or is getting thrown over the announce table, I cringe. Maybe it was just tonight, and I know every wrestler is one bad bump away from having to hang it up, but it's a heightened sense of anxiety with him. Do you guys agree, or is it just me? I totally agree. I mean, I, I kind of had that sense too, seeing Bryan uh, slip on the top turnbuckle." Um, but thankfully he recovered. I think every time like he gets ragdolled, uh, you can see that he's being very, very protective and careful, especially about his head. Even when he took that briefcase shot today, hands were clearly up, made no difference in the uh, audience's reaction as well. But, uh, I think any, anybody who knows about his uh, medical history is concerned for him. And I think we should all like regard this run as a run that could really end at any time. So, I don't even know if Daniel Bryan himself, how long he intends to to, to, to wrestle to quote-unquote get this out of his system. But, I mean, like he said in his promo last week, this is all borrowed time. I I am not as much uh, uneasy watching it. I don't see him doing stupid things like the, you know, full Nelson slam on his neck. Um, but, okay. He's, he's you... also being tested after every match. So mm-hmm. he is being more tested than, than any wrestler this company has ever employed. But even not doing something stupid, doing something, a body slam, could, could guys get concussions over the dumbest thing? That's, that's, that's going to be, you know, he knows what he's doing here as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's going to be that risk. Um, yep. With whatever. Tyler from Orlando writes, Once again, SmackDown was a better show than Raw. Did Road Dog move to Raw or something? I totally called Andrade Cien Almas' first feud being with Sankara, but I forgot to post it on the forum. Well, then it doesn't count, Tyler. I'm digging Big Cass more than I was during his short heel run before he got injured. I thought AJ had a good promo backstage. It was nice to see Ty Dillinger. I recently saw him at an NXT house show as a surprise opponent against a German guy, Marcel Bartel. He cut a promo at the show saying he knows we are wondering what he's doing back in NXT. And a woman shouted, because it's better. And he responded, I didn't say that, okay? Sarcastically. Overall, I gave SmackDown a 7 out of 10 and I hope Joe wins Money in the Bank. Uh, yeah, that guy Marcel uh, Bartel. He was uh, he was uh, 
he was up here at the NXT show we watched in Mississauga and like he came out and no one knew who he was mm-hmm. and he got himself over with his mic work real quick and I look forward to when that guy makes it to TV mm-hmm. but he's just in a long line of guys that uh not made it to TV yet yeah he hasn't even been on I mean there are a bunch of guys that aren't even on NXT that are waiting to get on NXT TV and Donovan Dijak is yeah. the big one I mean gunner has been down there forever the, oh, the TNA yeah. guy yeah huh, who else that you might know um I mean there's there's all the athletes that they have signed that are yeah. that are there. And the people I, that are still coming up, that they're signing now. Yep. I mean, uh, the next one looks to be like Io Shirai. If she, mm-hmm. you know, passes all her medicals, Keith, Keith she'll be she'll be there. Um, yeah. There's there's so many yeah. that they have there. It's probably it's like a hundred people at the PC. You know what that means? Another hour, another show, perhaps more, 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 more content. MJ, good episode of SmackDown Live. Felt this was very NXT like. A great in-ring promo from Joe to start and build heat, and the use of another lesser guy in cast to not blow Brian and Joe as a singles match, and really appropriate use of Ty Dillinger. More guys at Ty's level need to be used as credible guys to do jobs for stars. That formula has helped foster NXT guys through that system, and I'd like to see the same applied to SmackDown Live. Side note, Kenny Omega looks jacked. Yes, he does. Uh, best segment of the week in TV so far goes to Kenny's promo and Rocky montage from Being the Elite. This is so simple and so effective, and I cannot wait for Dominion. All right, we have Monday from Detroit. Uh, mentions with Andrade, who he writes, Andre Cien Almas on the roster. SmackDown now is members of the Bullet Club, Chaos, and Los Ingobernables on the show. Hmm. Finally, aside from SmackDown Live being two hours, I think what contributes to the show being more digestible than Raw is the superior three-man booth of Tom Phillips, Byron Saxton, and Corey Graves. I think some praise has been missing for Tom Phillips, who I find much, much more palatable than Michael Cole. And he mentions part two of Terrace House, opening new doors, is back. I've seen it. I'm actually on part three, everybody. Oh, boy. VPN uh, via Japanese Netflix. Yeah. Uh, it's good. It's been a good season. Uh Anyway, I, I do I do like the three man team. Oh SmackDown. my god! Like I don't think we talk about enough. Like for all, we which com- is a good thing. Exactly for all we complain about uh, Raw, I think the fact that we notice Phillips, uh, uh, Byron, and Graves a lot, whole lot less is a great compliment to that team. It it is so much better than what we get on Raw. It's not even close. And I mean, I don't even think I I would put the blame on Michael Cole because I think Michael Cole, you know, like you'll hear, you'll hear Mauro Ronaldo talk at length about Michael Cole in the round table uh, on this, uh, this coming Sunday. But um, I think if Cole was on SmackDown, I feel that, dynamic like he would be far less i think uh i think coachman has really wrecked the the chemistry there yeah um but not to say booker was like they have not had a great third man i think why not just put byron on raw because he's on smackdown so was graves yeah i guess the you could i mean if they if they wanted to Um, it's not like they have a shortage of uh, i I don't want to get into all that last one charbel from victoriaville Holy crap, SmackDown was really good. Fun and easy two-hour sitting. What can top that six-man tag? I always watch wrestling with my cell phone, browsing the web, or working at the same time. But boy, when I saw that Lucha House Party and Kendrick Gallagher, I really, I was really tired and sleepy. Even my wife came to check up on me and see if I was sleeping. 
But boy, holy, what was that title match? It was out of this world. It was so intriguing. I was literally at the edge of my seat. I was for sure thinking Alexander would lose his match via hometown heat. But mama mia, commentary was good. The match super fast, hard hitting, good storytelling, good false finishes. For me, it was almost as good as almost Gargano. Please tell me who the hell is Buddy Murphy. I know he got praise from Aleister Black, but man, and why couldn't they put that on Raw? Or else, why isn't Cedric the next Bobby Lashley? I don't give a shit about him. And you have a pure athlete in Cedric doing all sort of move? Small question. Could this match earn a five-star rating from Meltzer, even if not New Japan or Ring of Honor? Well, wow, you read that wonderfully. Like, I, I imagine Charbel sounding exactly like that. I love that he went from falling asleep on his couch to getting on his computer to write that out. Yeah. Could a match like that earn a five-star rating from Dave? I mean, you'll have to ask it's Dave. It's kind of funny, the the stereotype of the New Japan Ring of Honor when the guy gave two five-star matches on one NXT. WWE show. Well, I mean, that was NXT. Like, I guess the question is, how much does crowd reaction affect somebody like Dave Meltzer's rating? Of uh, I think everyone's rating. Yeah. Um, crowd's okay. sitting on their hands. I'm... The crowd was not sitting on their hands, but it was a smaller crowd. And it sounded more hollow because the arena was bigger. Now, does that affect... I, I heard enjoyment? a pretty hot crowd on SmackDown for the six-man. I'm talking about 205 Live. Okay, well, people left. Exactly. Well, that's but not... th- that's no indictment on the quality of this match. This match was an excellent match. I, I put a heavy emphasis on crowd reaction because I think the ultimate goal is... That's the goal of a match. Yeah, so what I'm saying, John, is the crowd that was there, they reacted huge. Okay, well, then it's probably... I haven't watched the match, so I really can't comment. Yeah, I mean... Mm. I'm talking about a match like a typical 205 Live match where yeah. the audience sucks the energy out. Right. That's going to affect my opinion of a I match. I mean, if it was a great match in an audi- in a big arena and only five people were sitting there watching it... Uh, Did the match really work for that crowd? For the five people? Uh, yeah, maybe. Sure. But I don't... I But, you know, if, if only five people are making noise, it's not going to feel the same as a uh, full sale full of people going crazy mm-hmm. for a match. So that affects presentation. Uh, again, this, this is Dave Meltzer's skill. You know, would a match like this ever be called match of the year? I think a match has to be really good on 205 Live in order for it to be considered. I thought I thought this was a great match. Uh, but it's certainly there's a level of significance that I think needs to be attached to certain matches in order for people. For they people they to did build this one up for a few weeks. They really tried to peak but even for the show. Even if you tried your best on 205 Live, like. It's such a tough kind of, you know, hill. Whereas, like, I think we'll look back and remember matches from TakeOver uh, or, you know, pay-per-views or or New Japan, big New Japan shows. So it's very tough. A match has to be excellent in order to really get people's attention. But, I I, I mean, you know, again, please defer to that uh, the person that you're asking about, not us. All right. That's going to wrap up the show. On Wednesday night, we've got the British Wrestling Experience with Martin Bushby, Ollie Court, and Benno. Mm-hmm. They are going to be chatting all the latest news. We are getting close to the... Well, the UK tournament has actually begun, and the first round is going to be continuing at the Download Festival, and then that's building up to the Royal Albert Hall shows. Yeah, uh, there's big signings going on. The WWE is taking over the entire world. Uh, so I'm sure they'll be touching on a lot of that. Yeah, um, I'm sure they'll be talking a bit about ROH's uh, That's tour. right, right. Uh, probably a bit of the, about the ITV um, world of sport. Um, it's a crazy time over there. And, like, these three are just so incredibly comprehensive. Like, you have all the, three of these guys going to multiple shows. 
uh, throughout the, these these several weeks, bringing live reports, and they just they pay such close attention to everybody. It is just a it is great like um, it's a great hour of just like getting all that information to keep you up to date. Yes, uh, progress show this past weekend. Yeah. I'm sure they'll go through that uh, on Thursday. Brayden Harrington and Davey Boy Portman have Up Next uh, coming our way. And uh, Davey is scheduled to be chatting with Amir Jordan this week, who is part of the UK tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe they'll be putting that in the show. Man, we've got, Le- length pending. We've got more Brits than Canadians on our post-wrestling network now. It's, it's worldwide way. Yeah, the, the post office is international postage. And then on Friday, Way and I are back for a post-wrestling cafe special for all of our cafe members. It is the monthly Ask Away mailbag show. My favorite show of the month. Yeah. Because I come in here with zero prep. Mm -hmm. I don't look at any of the questions, and we go through them all. Are there a lot this month? Uh, I think uh, I checked the thread, and I think we have about like 40. Oh, my God. So we're going to do our best to try to get, we're going to try to get through all of them. Uh, but there's that. If you guys haven't seen yet, we did a bit of an overrun edition of Rewind a Raw exclusively for patrons last night. And uh, on that show, we I reviewed uh, the episode of Total Bellas featuring John Cena and Nikki Bellas. Big breakup discussion. Wow. Uh, and then finally, uh, Wednesday, I'm going to have a Q&A up on the site with Sebastian Suave of Smash Wrestling. And coming up this weekend, uh, they have their Northern Tournament. Um, if you could just pull up the uh, the info... Uh, for, for the Smash site. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we just remembered this. No, I was, I'm, I'm rewarding the people oh, that yes. have listened until the end of the show. Yes, this was yes, all yes, by yes, design. Yes. Uh, so we've got, uh, it's happening on Saturday, or sorry, on Sunday. They have two shows, uh, part of their tournament, uh, happening at the Phoenix Concert Theater. And we have two pairs of tickets to give away uh, for both shows. So if you win, you have tickets to both the 3 o'clock and 7 o'clock shows at the Phoenix Concert Theater. And I guess the easiest way to do this, uh, I am going to direct uh, the first person to respond in this thread on the post-wrestling forum. Should we give them a hard question or should we give a a layup question? That's just going to be a matter of Mm. how fast someone listens to this and can answer. I think it would be great if somebody was uh, a, a bit of a Smash fan. Don't you think? Well, why don't we do this? Respond in the thread about uh, what you enjoy about Smash Wrestling. Or is that too lame? Um, no. how, can, how can we make this more than a trivia question? Mm. The trivia question is so easy. That's just a Google test. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it would be fun if we... like Look at the, the, the roster that's appearing in this tournament, though. Here. Uh, maybe we can even go through all the matches happening on both of the shows. Sure. On, on the first show, the first day... Uh, actually, two shows in one day, right? Yes, that's doubleheader on oh, Sunday. Okay. So on the first show, uh, there are eight first-round matches, and they are taking place between Joe Hendry. First one between Joe Hendry and Kevin Bennett. Joe Hendry, who uh, appeared on uh, Being the Elite this week. And Kevin Bennett, who was just on SmackDown. That's right. Wow. Tyson Dukes taking on Joey Mercury, Brent Banks versus John Creed, Jordan Grace versus Joey Bad Boy Janela, Andrew Everett versus Kevin Blackwood, Jason Cade versus Sebastian Suave, Kimberly versus Wheeler Utah, and Matt Riddle versus Mia Yim. Intergender match, everybody. 
Show two, four semifinal matches between the, the previous participants of the show, uh, first show. And then three non-tournament matches. We have Tarek taking on Anthony Kingdom James. He's yeah, going to wrestle. He's, he's, oh he's having, this is, they, they shot the angle at the, uh, at the rec room That's to set amazing. this match up. And for the Smash Tag Team Wrestling uh, Championships, or sorry, Smash Wrestling Tag Team Championships, we have the well-oiled machines defending against the Super Smash Brothers who we just saw face the Young Bucks. At That's going to be Honor. really good. Yeah. Uh, and for the Smash Wrestling Championship, the Beast King Frankie the Monster defends against Vanessa Craven. Is that another wow. gender? Wow, there you go. So, um, and then of course also a four-way elimination brawl. So it looks like a stacked couple of shows. So let's let's be creative here. You know what? Uh, what what can we ask people? What if we ask? Um, because I think uh, obviously we want someone local that can go to this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are being kind of exclusive here with this. Want it? Someone explain what their what is their favorite Smash Wrestling match that they have seen, whether it be on television? Because it's 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 rather uh, convenient to that they also have uh, streaming service as well. So basically, name a Smash Smash Wrestling. No, match. I want a reason behind oh, okay, why it's okay. your favorite Smash Wrestling match. Sure. Do you have a better one to throw? I mean, up? I think it would be nice to open it up for people who haven't even seen Smash too, right? Because I'm sure they. Well, want. you just said you wanted a Smash Wrestling. Yeah, fan. yeah. I was thinking about it. Maybe now you don't care if they I have people, any connection. People who are listening to this are probably really impatient now because they just want to know what they have to do. Well, I like them to have to work <laughs> a little for these tickets. Come on, these are good value. You get to go to two shows on Sunday with some tremendous talent here on the show. Uh, Okay. Um, Wheeler, Utah, veteran of this year's Joey Janela's uh, Spring Break Clusterfuck. He was there? He was in the Clusterfuck. Oh, great. Uh, that would have been a great trivia <laughs> question. Um, okay, I got a great question. Okay, this, is a, this is a good, good trivia note. Okay. Let me just double check this. Okay. Tell me the name of... Anthony Kingdom James's comic book. There you go. That's an awesome question. Yes. Name Anthony Kingdom James the title of his comic book uh, that he has released. Or the the title of his comic book company of which he has a website named after uh, starts with an A. <laughs> wow, wait, we really make them work. I just wanted to make sure. Okay, post it in the post-wrestling forum. I'm going to do this. It's not even going to be the first person. You can... We'll draw it at no, no, that's silly. The first one, the first person. I'm gonna first reward person? the. Okay. I'm gonna reward the person that might be listening to this at yeah. four in the morning. Um, you deserve to go if you're listening to this at and four in the morning. Please don't respond if you don't have any opportunity of going. Like, well, you you'll see in- who the first person is. If you're not the first person, you're not gonna win. Right. I mean, if you're if you live in the UK, do not go ahead and. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They so. will ban you from the forum as well too if you're uh, submitting <laughs> and you have no intention of going to the show. So again. Tell me Anthony Kingdom James's comic book company, or uh, I'm not even exactly sure what it is, but uh, it's comic-related venture. Yes. All right. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Q&A with Sebastian Suave on Wednesday on the site. Thursday for Double Double and Above members, we'll have a post-production video out for you. Postwrestling.com. Postwrestlingcafe.com. And of course, Sunday, the big roundtable show with Moro Ronaldo and Harris Usanovich as we chat about the bipolar rock and roller documentary. Did you know Anthony Kingdom James got nominated for a Joe Schuster Award today? What is a Joe Schuster Award? Joe Schuster is the co creator of uh, Superman, the Canadian who co created Superman. Are you and kidding me? I, I just guess. knew it as a street downtown. Yeah, it was also a street downtown, yes. Would you ever move to 
a street called Joe Schuster just well, because of the name? Maybe two years ago. Yes. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, no, not not just because of the name. Wow. It's because of the cheap rent. I actually finished that Marvel DC podcast. Oh, yeah, it's I great. I just blitzed through them. Yeah, it was really good. There's a book. I mean, Jericho did one with the writer as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting. Because, yeah, the writer was on the last one with Jason Mewes. Jason mm-hmm. Mewes was kind of just, I don't know, it was yeah. like someone interviewing me. Like, he's a super fan, but... Well, no, he's yeah, he's got a bit of a history. I mean, Kevin Smith is also just. A I would rather answer, Kevin Smith. Yeah. Anyway, Alrighty. okay, that's all. Uh, that's it's time to wrap up. It's time to go to bed. Goodbye, everybody. Postwrestling.com. We'll chat with you soon. <laughs>